These are the things that change males to men. What's up, fam? I'm your man, Darius Dante, a.k.a. the ambassador for Males to Men United. Males to Men United, mentoring and empowering males to be exceptional men. As most of you know, M2MU teaches seven principles for being an exceptional man. Principle number one is an exceptional man must be teachable. And when I say that, we as men need to take time to read, be it literature, conducting research online, or reading books. As such, when it comes to reading books, I came across an amazing book entitled Unapologetically Masculine, Masculinity Without Toxicity. When it comes to this book, man, I tell you, I thought I knew quite a bit when it came to the masculine man. But man, when I when I delve into this book, I learned so much more and I'm honored to have the author on the line on this podcast with us today. All right, just a little bit about this author. I happen to know this brother before he wrote this book. I, I think how long have we been known each other for about what 15, 15 Yeah, about fifteen. Yes, sir. About fifteen years or so. All right. I met this brother, Marcus Simmons. While serving in the United States Air Force, we were at Herbert Field, Florida, and I was playing basketball, two-on-two two or three-on-three three basketball, and I and I met this met this guy. I wore, he was like 6'2", 300, big brother, and he was light on his feet like Jerome Bettis. So I'm like, man, who is this dude? This guy's moving like this, keeping up with me, and I'm thinking, man, I'm I'm that dude on this court, but this this brother is everywhere I am before before I get there. (laughs) And so from that, that's where our friendship developed and come to find out our wives were co-workers and and good friends. And so that just made it even easier, that much easier for us to, to fall in line with the brotherhood that we have today. Some of the credentials about this guy, this guy being Marcus Simmons, that is, he served 22 years in the Department of Defense, being active duty as well as in the civilian capacity. He holds a master's degree in marriage and family counseling. And another thing that I thought was very phenomenal, he's, he's a bit of a unicorn when it comes to this. He's younger than 45 years old and has been married to the same woman for more than 20 years. That's, I didn't realize that that's a rarity nowadays, but man, that's, that's outstanding. That's an outstanding if you continue to strengthen it. And one other thing, as I just mentioned earlier, he is the author of the book, Unapologetically Masculine, Masculinity Without Toxicity. This book is an excellent resource when identifying the type of man you are and how to overcome many of the challenges that come with our learned behaviors as men over the years. Marcus, how you doing, my brother? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me, man. Excited. Absolutely, man. So, how's that? How's that life in San Antonio? How's that heat treating you? That weather? Oh, oh we stay inside, brother. We stay. <laughs> All you can do is hide from it, man. It's ridiculous. I think we hit like six last week or something like that. It's crazy. Wow. You say all you can do is hide from it. That's funny. Yeah. Having spent some time in San Antonio, as you know, I can relate to what you're saying, man. So here's the deal, man, about your book, Unapologetically Masculine. What inspired you to write this book, man? Uh, man, you know, it was it's like many things in life. It, it was born out of a frustration. When you think about all the things that's going on in our world, uh, for me personally, when I started, 
down the road to write this book, uh, the, the Me Too movement had just kicked off. You remember, okay. you know about the Me Too movement, right? And uh, during that time, uh, the year before that, I had about two or three, two or three friends or associates get divorced, and I was like, man, what is going on? Mm. Um, and it was really had a lot to do with those men being knuckleheads and doing knucklehead things, and they weren't young either. And Ooh. so I started. Road, I kept hearing this term uh, that uh, a lot of the, the radical feminists were using called uh, toxic masculinity. They kept referring to the term toxic masculinity, and I started to I started to research it, and I had heard the term during my master's program, but I really kind of kind of glossed over it. So I started to research this term, and what I found was that it was just a conglomeration of just a, a bunch of male behaviors, you mm. know. Uh, if men behaving badly, if you if you want to go from there, right? Yes, and, yes. And so I started to uh, you know look at this thing. I'm like, man, and I'm a firm believer that when something frustrates you, it's something that you're called to do. Oh wow! So yeah. I was just and I was like, what is going on? I, I say something, and I didn't I didn't really know or have a platform to say something. So one day I just put a pen to paper and. I was gonna. I was just gonna basically blast, blast the like, hey, y'all need to get yourself together, men. But what happened? It was something strange. Uh, when I started to write the book, um, God took over my heart, and I really wanted to just pin a love letter to my brothers. I want them to know I see you. I understand what's behind all those behaviors, and I wanted to really expose them to the world, men and women, to see that men aren't just we aren't just animals out here and acting cool. There's some reasons behind the things that we do. Even in our broken state, there's some things that, that are that are behind that. And so I thought the best way to do was to come up with the archetypes. And uh that was something that, that really helped get the message across. Oh wow, man. And you said so much that I can relate to and I almost got embarrassed when I heard you say some of the things that you said because in a lot of ways it described me. But embarrassed in a good way because I like to believe that I'm delivered from a lot of the things that you just described, albeit I'm not perfect, but I could see a lot of me and what you were just saying. And so I thank you for that that love letter that you wrote. Man, I, I love your, your, your choice of words when it comes to describing what you did because, man, you came in a place of love in that in your writing, I could tell, and it was very effective. And guys, I'll let you know, this this book will step on your toes if you're not <laughs> dare I say man enough to go ahead and own up for your shortcomings as a masculine male but after reading it you take time to look at it honestly and say yeah that's me and this guy also not only does he call you out for who you are he also gives you a remedy on how to overcome those situations it's beautiful and this book is an easy read and describes various types of men, i.e. the provider, the bad boy, the dictator, the womanizer, and the mama's boy, just to name a few. As I mentioned, I was almost embarrassed when I saw myself in most of these men that you described. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing that I saw myself in most of these characteristics, most of these characters that you described? I, I think it's an amazing thing, and I'll tell you why. Uh, the book was written with that intent. I didn't want anybody to escape, not even myself. Oh wow! And so I mean, uh, I, I I felt like, and I told my wife this as I was writing the book. I was like, I got to a point, and I was like, "What do I say?" She was like, "Well, you got to tell your story." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, you know, and, as any, and I have a great wife, and I, I love that woman to death, and she's so real. And she's like, 
you know, you can't come at these men sideways and tell them about themselves. You got to tell your story. They're, you're missing. And so I had to tell my story of, uh, you know, how I came to be and the things that I struggled with and still st- struggled with and still struggle with to this day. And so the secret to this book is that it's going to, it should hit everybody. It should. Every man that picks up this book is meant to knock on your front door or kick in your front door in some places, in some instances. Uh, it's meant to do that. That's the way it was written so that you can be a, become a better version of yourself because no matter where you are in life, you can always be a better version of yourself. Oh, my uh, as a man and so I, I really I really really want to do that <clears throat> and I'm glad you said that and a lot of men have said that you know, I had I had brothers that I know for years call me and be like hey man you talk about me in this book I'm like oh, oh what yeah <laughs> like, hey, man. I heard dog will holler right <laughs> yes sir hit dog will holler <laughs> and, and, and I love that I love when men say that because it, it is supposed to hit you that way we all can do better uh, no matter how where you are what station you are in life we can do better and that's what this book is designed to do, is to, is to call us out, you know, in the most loving way possible, call us out. Very good, man. I tell you, that's exactly what it did. Mission accomplished, my brother, because I was looking at myself on a few of these. I was like, golly, that, I, that either was me or I'm like, man, is that me today? Oh, my goodness. All right. So getting into a couple of characters, we, won't, we don't dare have enough time to cover them all. Now, most men can relate to the provider that you described in the book. But you yes. said something that I didn't, uh, that I hadn't heard prior to reading your book. So, help us understand what is an ambitious provider. Got you. Yeah, the, the ambitious provider is that he's a sneaky one, and I, and I didn't, and I, and I kind of regret not elaborating on him enough looking back because he's a lot of men have asked me this question. He's sneaky. So the the ambitious provider, we all know this guy. He right. He's a good husband. Uh huh. He's a good father. But he has one goal in life, and that goal is climbing the ladder of su- to success, promotion, uh, growing a business, and his family takes a back seat to that. Mm. He wants that Facebook life. He wants that beautiful pictures on Facebook with the kids and the wife, but that's all the cover. <laughs> that Facebook the- life. I'm listening. He wants that, man. And he, but it's all a cover for him to advance himself. He's building his own kingdom without his family. And he's, he's so ambitious that he is willing to sacrifice time with his family. He'll miss his sporting events. He'll miss time with his kids. He'll ignore his wife. He'll do all those things in the, in the name of, he tells them, I'm making a better life for them. But really what he's doing is because of his insecurities, he is building his own kingdom. It is selfish. And at the heart of every man is selfishness. So uh, each one of these archetypes that we go into or that did you read throughout the book is usually rooted in two things, insecurity and selfishness. Those two go hand in hand. Because wow. you have an insecurity issue, you have a need to uh, somehow protect yourself. And most people, when you want to protect yourself, the first thing you do is you're selfish. Mm. If there was a food shortage in the world right now, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to run and get all the food you can for your family. Yes. You're going to do it. And you're not going to think about your neighbor. You're not going to think about You're going to think about yourself. And so this is what these archetypes do because of their insecurities. They become very selfish and they act out of those out, out of those selfish tendencies, so, so to speak. Um, so, um, okay. yeah, down to that, yeah. Man, that is powerful, Marcus. And again, I, I when I was listening to what you shared, is a portion of what you shared just let me know, man, I, I remember living that life. And then I had to ask myself, God, is that still me today? Is, are you still trying to show me something right now? And so it really 
Gut check. Good. Yeah, it really gives you a gut check. Let's know, hey, check yourself when it comes to your behaviors. So very good. And when you was just saying, further describing the ambitious provider, I could name off right off the top of my head while you were talking about five guys. Oh yeah, who fit that description? <laughs> oh yeah, we know, we know them. Yeah, exactly. So I hope they, I hope they're listening as they're checking this out. Good deal. All right. Then there's the bad boy. Bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. In your book, you stated the bad boy never ceases to have an insecure female or two in his back pocket. Ooh, that's big. So describe the bad boy for us right quick. The, the bad boy is—he's he, one that I, I, me and this guy keep running up on each other. Mm. You know, I, I've supervised him, I've worked for him, I've been friends with him. You know, the bad boy is that guy that just feels like the rules don't apply to him, mm. so they supervise him. He, he abhors accountability. Don't ask me, don't ask me to do, don't question me on anything. Just let me do me. You know, and it, the thing about the bad boy that's really frustrating is he can come in any shape, form, or fashion. Wow. He could be successful. He could be a thug. He could be a dude on the street. He could be a CEO of a company. But the behavior never changes. Oh. He does not being held accountable. Uh, wow. He's a contrarian. He's a he's the contrarian to the core. If everybody's going right, he's going to go left. You know, he just he's just non-conformist. He does not want to conform to the rules and norms of society. So therefore, he struggles. Um, you find a lot of bad boys have problems with the law. You know, they'll mm-hmm. they'll record. They'll be in jail. Prison's full of bad boys. People just don't want to follow the rules. Um, and it, it's really, really a hard thing for, for a man who has a family to try to be a bad boy because the bad boy doesn't want to be accountable to anyone, not even his wife, not even nobody. And at the end, we have to be accountable to each other. And I think that the, the big part of the big part of bad boy's problem is they either they either had as a child they had too much discipline or not enough discipline. And okay. so they rebel. They're rebellious to their core, and uh, it doesn't. It doesn't always come across as overt rebellion. It could be a quiet rebellion. You know, okay. you, ever had, you ever had your kid just like sit down in the middle of the floor and tell them to do something? Yes. Quiet rebellion. It happens with the bad boy. He'll do that. He'll do. He'll do things like uh, you ask him to do something, and he'll just sit on it. Not because mm-hmm. he doesn't. Not because he didn't want to do it. Not because he didn't know how to do it. Because he didn't want to do it, and things like that. So he he has no. No um, accountability. Like yes, he has no problem. He has he's volatile. You know, he has no problem with with turning up too. Also, <laughs> so he's that guy. And, you oh know, my like, goodness! Yes. Oh, you're killing me with this because I'm looking right at him in a lot of ways. Uh, well, <laughs> what I have in my head, going on in my head. All right, and then you you also said something about what makes a bad boy so dangerous. You said he's very charismatic. In your book, you said he has he's full of charisma. He, he's oh, smooth yeah. in his approach. Yes, definitely. He's he's very very charismatic. Um, they're they're uh, masters of masters of manipulation. That's why I said made the comment about the two the females. Uh, they're they're masters of manipulation. So they know how to what to say and to get their way. And they'll sweet talk you. And you know they'll be Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Nice one day, and and you know going off the next. And then it's not. And I talked about this in the book. It's not just the guy wearing a leather jacket, smoking a cigarette. You know. Yeah. Off the phone. 
I mean, the Fonz, he's not that guy. You know, he could be a super high, you know, but he's very, very charismatic. And that's, that's what makes him very dangerous. And I, I even talked about the bad boy in the church. There's that in the church, too, you know. Yes, yes. Very, 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 very charismatic. They can talk to you in anything. They can sell you, they can sell you, you know, ice in Alaska, you know. That's, that's right. how you are. So, they're very they, they they learn how to do that because they pick they know how to pick up on people's insecurities because they too themselves are very insecure. So they learn how to pick up on people's insecurities and they play off of them. Oh man, man, you you preaching over here because wow. Cause that that's something that definitely needs to be heard. And I tell you, people, you need to get out and get this book. If you're not getting it for yourself, get it for your man, your brother, your nephew, whatever the case may be. I'm telling you, you will be enlightened by reading this book. And Marcus, you went on to talk about in chapter nine. Now, granted, we got like 12 chapters. It's an easy read that I mentioned, but it's got like 12 chapters to this book. In chapter nine, you talked about surrendering. I feel this is something every man needs to do in order to receive his breakthrough. Surrendering, because I remember being in my mess and just as plain as day, I was riding in my car. It was 2007. And God spoke to me, God's spirit spoke to me and said, look at all that I've given you as far as a wife, a kid, a nice house and things of this nature. And look how you're showing me things. If you don't get yourself together, you're going to lose everything. That's what I, that's what God told me just as plain as day. it was a Sunday. Wow. wow. And, and matter of fact, you and I were ushers at, at, mm. the, at the same church. Shout out to now word covenant. Church, yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. We, we were ushers. And on the way to church to do ushering, God showed me that. And man, it, it hit me. It hit me big time. So tell us about your moment of surrender. Man, you know, um, let me get some background on surrendering, man. You know, as, as men, surrender is, is not a word we like to use in, right. in our vocabulary. You know, every man, I don't care what he is or who he is, it, there's a part of him that sees himself as an alpha male. You know, a warrior, and uh, surrendering surrendering does, is not something that we like to to think about. But when it comes to surrender to God, <clears throat> that's what it takes it takes complete and utter surrender. And so for me, you know, I had a uh, I had reached a point in my life where I was just physically, emotionally, and spiritually just even financially just broken. You know, I I was unemployed for the first time since I was 16 years old. Out of the military because of health issues, I had lost everything in my mind, at least. <clears throat> and so I, um, so I was sitting at home one day, and I, I had become, you know, I was stay-at-home dad with my little, my little girl. I think she was, uh, she, she may have been two, not even two, at the time. And uh, I was looking for jobs. You know, I was just trying to find a job. You know, trying to get some food on the table. My wife was working full time. Yes. And I, my main goal was to get back out there. And right. Days went by. Weeks went by, you know, I had a few interviews, nothing panned out. I was like, man, what's going on here? You know, and I'm just I'm just like, man, I gotta, I gotta get a job. And so I'm sitting in the career one day and I'm looking for jobs, and it's this overwhelming feeling of just despair and fear and frustration just came over me. It felt me like a blanket. I mean, like a blanket. It was mm. so heavy. It was so heavy on me. And I I literally just broke down. I broke down in tears, sobbing. I had never, I hadn't cried like that as a grown man. I, I couldn't even remember crying like that as a child. And wow. I, was, I was just a heap on the floor, man. And uh, and I cried out to God in that moment. I was like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. 
and I just need help, and I'm scared, and I'm about to lose everything. I'm about to, about to take my car, they're gonna take my house. You know, man, I'm I'm struggling out here in these streets, man. Right. And uh, I was going through it. <laughs> I was going through yeah, it, I, I feel and, you. And in that moment, God spoke to me. He really, just like you said, he, he had that the spirit of the Lord came to me, and he was like, "You left me out of every every decision that in 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 the last ten years of your life. You left me out of it." You oh, know, man. you claim to love me and you worship me, but you don't you don't consult me. You know, you just make a decision and roll with it. And now look at you. Oh wow. And uh I, I repented, you know, and I and I, and I told him I'd do whatever he told whatever he wanted me to do. And and that day, that was the day that I surrendered, man. God spoke to me so clearly about when my next move and I I, I go into depth in it in the book. Um but right. it really set me on the path to to become where I am now, you know, and I, I'm so thankful for it, man. And I, it, it was probably the, the single most clearest time I've ever heard God speaking like that. Man, I can it so is. relate to what you're sharing, man, through my own story and that own conversation in which God had with me about my own mess. So, brother, you're speaking to another brother who can relate to what you're saying. I, I know many more can relate as well. That's that's powerful, Marcus. It's definitely powerful. Man, and one of the final chapters that you had covered the the origin of male behaviors. I mm-hmm. thought that was real key because we need to. Well, before I even get into that piece, I'll just ask: Why is it important for a man to know where his mindset and his life logic originated? Why Why do we need to take time to figure out where did this all come from? You know, I'm a, I, I love that chapter, Origin, by the way. That's one of my favorite chapters in the book because I really get to talk about, you know, what, why I am the way I am and why I went through that. Yes. So I mean, it makes me, I don't feel like I'm preaching to people. I'm like, man, look, I'm, I'm here struggling too. Um, right. For me, it was important because I, I'm a firm believer and as a person who counsels people, I'm a firm believer that you can't change what you refuse to understand or acknowledge. Mm. If you, if you, if, if I if I refuse to understand that I need to lose a few pounds, if I refuse to understand and acknowledge that, I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to come into agreement with that. So I think that you have to come into agreement with something to actually change the behavior. So let's take let's take the uh, we talked about the we talked about the bad boy. Let's take it for example. It's okay. He never understands that he is a contrarian and he doesn't. It's like accountability. If he never understands that and he never understands why he's like that, he could never change. He can never change his behavior. So he has to understand why he is that way. And that's where the origin comes in there. You have to understand why you're that way. So I had to go back into my childhood, into my past uh, past proclivities, all kinds of things to understand why I, and why am I so prideful? Mm. Where, where that come, where's the root of that thing at? And once you find the root of something, you can pluck that root up and move on with God, of course. And so um, if, Everyone around, everyone around you pays for your unwillingness to 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 seek healing and understanding if you never go back to your origin. And so, I think that's 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 the biggest thing that most people don't do. They try to they try to put a band aid on a on a you know a, a gunshot wound. You preaching, brother? It doesn't work. You have to understand why you are the way that you are, and a lot of people don't even understand that about themselves. So if you can't understand about yourself, you can never really fully engage with other people. You can't be a good husband, be a good father if you don't understand yourself. Oh my goodness. And that in and of itself can create conflict within yourself. Oh yeah. It's a oh me, it's a me thing. You know, it's crazy. It's a chain reaction of 
uh, destructive behavior if you don't get it rectified. And man, that, that's that's huge. That's huge. Marcus, man, I tell you, they need to get out and get this book, man, because I subscribed to it. And now I'm going to use it as a reference model when it comes to me moving forward and, and identifying a lot of the men that I come in contact with, or dare I say the males I come in contact with. It's an excellent reference too. So now we're going to wrap this up because we have something at the end of every M2MU podcast where we ask, where I ask the person being interviewed, know who you owe. No man is successful on his sole efforts. Amen. So with that, you owe somebody when it comes to where you are in life today, be it a person or entity or a combination of the two. So if you would, Marcus, share with us three people or entities that you owe. Who do you owe? Wow. Just three, huh? Man, I... <laughs> I know the I, list can go forever, but... Who's your top three? And, and, and again, when we say this, we know that you're a man of faith and, yes. and a believer in Christ. So we're going to just let that default to we understand that you are God follower. So you owe God. It, nothing, nothing would be possible without God Almighty, the Most High. So we yes, got sir. that. So that's not one of your ones. That's the one. First and foremost. Yes. So aside, I mean, moving down from there, name three entities or people that you feel you owe on this side of heaven. Absolutely, man. I, I, first one, uh, it's got to be my parents, man. It's got to be my parents. Uh, you know a little bit about my, actually a lot about my story. I grew up in the in the backwoods of Mississippi, poor, and I, you know, <laughs> yes, and uh, you know, my parents, my mom has a, a sixth grade education. My mm. father barely graduated high school. My father is the smartest man you ever want to meet. Wow. My mother, my mother is the most intuitive woman you ever want to meet. You want to know if somebody's a good or bad person, they got good or bad taste, you ask her, she can tell you right off the bat. She is wow. She has a spirit of discernment like no other. And uh, I'm thankful that I inherited that from her. Um, I inherited my father's uh, work ethic and his straightforward approach to things. And I owe them everything. And that, um, they are just amazing. I'm blessed to have both of them still around. My mother's a three-time cancer survivor. So she's a fighter, you know, she's a fighter to her core. And so I'm so blessed to have him around. Um, a modern day shero, just, yes, oh man. Absolutely. Yeah, and my father held us together. The man was working three jobs at one point, you know, just to hold us together. And uh, <clears throat> so they'll always be at the top of my list. Uh, number two, okay. definitely, definitely Mrs. Simmons. Until Mrs. Simmons. That woman stood by me when I didn't have nothing, man. <clears throat> she, she stood by me when I, Put on seventy pounds in our in, in our marriage, you know. It's still still hanging around, and when I was broke, busted, disgusted, you know, acting a fool, never didn't really know who I was. So uh, I met her when I was twenty one years old. Married her when I was twenty two. Had a child at twenty three. Oh wow! So life was moving really really fast for us. Yes. Know? And and we've been through everything that should have broke us apart, and we're still strong. And I, and I, if, if I may, right quick, my sister Chantel, she is a powerful woman of God. I respect her. I, I love her. I love the relationship that she and my wife has. And I just, man, I salute her in so many ways. So good good deal. You you got a good one, man. You know that. Oh, she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. So I couldn't, I couldn't, I definitely owe her everything. And I'll I spend the rest of my life trying to give her everything that she needs and wants and be the man that she deserves and I probably will fall short but I'm definitely going to try amazing I understand brother good deal who's your last, number three last but not least 
uh, my mentors at Herberfield, um, okay. uh, there was a group of, of NCOs and senior NCOs while I was there. I was there five years and they held me down. They held me accountable. That's why I really learned about accountability. I preach accountability because I learned it from them. You know, if I said something crazy, they'd be like, do it, man, you know, <laughs> get on me, you know, but they, but it was always with love. And I always felt like I was a little brother to them, never just a troop or just a, 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 a NCO. I was, I was a little brother to them. They put me out of their way and they loved me and they held me accountable. And I really, really, I, I, I owe them I talk about them a lot to my youngsters now because I still am in that capacity. I work with work for and supervise, you know, military people. So uh, I always refer to them. I have a picture. I actually have a picture of them in my desk that I keep. As um, a reminder, right? As a reminder. As a reminder of where I came from because it's so easy to see where you are or where you come from and see see where you are presently and forget where you come from. Yes. I always, even when I have a, a knucklehead or something like that, I always remember you used to be a knucklehead too. Remember? <laughs> so exactly. Yeah, I owe them a lot, man. I love them, love them brothers. I even give them a shout out in the in the uh, forward of the book, dedication of the book. They're in there also, and uh, I love those brothers, man. Even though time and distance has uh, taken us away from each other, they'll always be part of my heart. Absolutely, I clearly understand what you mean by that, man. So that's an outstanding three, and when it comes to knowing who you owe. Definitely so, man. So without further ado, help me understand and and our listeners, how can we purchase your book? What can we get your book? Oh, that's easy. So you can you can publish it at our website, www.meetthesimmons.com. Meetthesimmons.com. Okay. Um, there's, a, there's a link on there. It'll, it'll shoot you over. You can go directly to Amazon, type in my name, type in the book name, it'll pop up. Um, and you can have it within within two days if you got Amazon Prime. Yes, and, and I, you, I, I'm a, I can attest to that because my wife ordered it via Amazon, and we're we have we're Prime members. She is, and we yeah we got it inside that time from that you mentioned inside what like inside three days. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and while you're there, you can purchase uh, t-shirts uh, on the project of masculine t-shirts. You also can publish my wife's book, uh, Incredible Me, uh, Memoirs of an Individual Girl. Great book, great book, great ladies. Her story also. Um, and she also has a t-shirt out there that you too can purchase. So, right, uh, my wife, my my wife read her book as well. Matter of fact, she read, she completed that book before I completed yours, and she she spoke very well, very highly of yeah. Chantel's book as well. So, yes, definitely. Any close remarks before we get out of here, sir? You know what, brother? I'm gonna leave it because I I re- thank you so much for having me. You know, I, mean, I I'm honored that you would even think about putting it on your podcast. Uh, but I just recommend any man that wants to be a better man, go ahead and grab this book. You know, there I still there are times I pick it up and read it. I, there are parts in this book that I don't even I didn't write. You know, there's some of these parts in here are just God given to me. And I man, I wrote that? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> right so, on. Absolutely. Well, yeah, go out and copy and uh, you know, pass it on. Pass it on. You know, when you read it, pass it on to another brother. Exactly. I, I, I totally agree. Those are my sentiments as well. So, brother, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Much love to you and your family. Continue success. And we'll definitely be in touch. Yes, sir. Love you, guys. Right. Males to Men United. Mentoring and empowering young males to be exceptional men. Until next time. Take care.